Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tipped Balls Podcast. I am your host, Sam Randazzo, and I am joined today by my two paint-speckled co-hosts. To my right, it is the one and only Uncle Sam. Hello. And to my left, it is Bruce the Tugboat Venditti. What's up? And behind the computer making us sound just flawless, it is the boy wonder B-Hall. Zimbops all around. Zimbop. Zimbop-a-doo. Uncle Sam, will you give us a Zimbop? I'm not doing that. Zimbop here, Zimbop there. What are you going to do? Oh, Zimbop Jesus here, Christ. Zimbop Come on Zimbop, already. Zimbop everywhere. We have a great show for you guys today. It is the second version. Yes, it is Uncle Sam's Mock Draft 2.0. After this week's trade between Philadelphia and New Orleans, swapping around some first-round picks, we thought we needed to give you guys an update, also with some of the free agent signings that have happened as of late. Uh, we want to let you know where the teams stand and if those signings are going to make any sort of a difference. Um, obviously, we're getting closer and closer here, so more and more news is coming out about these players. I saw that Kayvon Thibodeau is visiting <clears throat> like five teams this week. <clears throat> And um, I also saw today was LSU's Pro Day, where uh, Derek Stingley ran a sub 4-4-40 time. Oh, wow. Yeah, he was, it was like a 4-3-7, 4-3-8. Really nice yeah, big, so big day for him. Um, and also teams are starting to move around based on need. So I think that that was a big part of the trade between New Orleans and Philly is that I think as we're going to go over in your mock draft today, no matter where Philly was picking, as long as it was in that top 20, they could get the guys that they wanted. Not only that, I think Philadelphia really helped themselves out because not only they had three first-rounders this year, they they took away one of them first-rounders this year and got one next year. So next year they have two first-round picks, as do this year. And they acquired another second-round pick in 24. So that's going to help them big time. So we were going over this before the show, and actually I was kind of surprised to see how many guys you think stayed the same. Um, but at the same time, it's because I think the way that you set this up for 1.0 made so much sense. Like uh, it, there are just some guys where you really get a good feeling that they're going to end up there. Correct. So there's going to be some changes, but a lot of stuff did stay on pat. And uh, I think that's because our resident draft guru, Uncle Sam, is officially the best in the business. Piss on I, Mel Kuyper. I, I appreciate Piss that. On oh, Mel Kuyper. He's right underneath you-know-who. Is I, Mel Kuyper on the Scumbag Hall of Fame? Listen to me. Of course, Pete Carroll's at the head of the class, and then at a, a raging second is our, our man Urban Meyer. Climbing the ranks quickly. Oh, my God. He's almost going to surpass him. So let's get right into it. Um, mock draft 2.0 from Uncle Sam's point of view. Obviously, the Jacksonville Jaguars are picking first still, and they are picking Aiden Hutchinson, defensive end, Michigan. So that one didn't change. No. You, what do you think, Bruce? Aiden Hutchinson, number one overall? You think he's the number one guy? Nope. Okay. I think he drops way later. I don't think so. I think he's going first overall. I think even if Jacksonville likes another guy, I think they're just so set on him at this point. It's a character issue, and and they have to clean up their uh, their their roster and their coaching staff. So I, I think that's why they're going to go with the uh, 
All-American from from Michigan, and the guy comes from a, a great family, great pedigree. I think they need to do that. Well, they need to do that. Aside from that, I don't think any of the other guys that are up there with him are really doing all that much to help their stuff. Well, uh, no, I, obviously, you know, Kayvon Thibodeau, to me, is the best player in the draft. He's the best player in the draft, period. But, you know, Kayvon's, everybody's talking about his willingness to play. I, I don't agree with it, but I think they just need somebody with a better character issue, and that's Hutchinson, and that's why he's going one. Uh, I agree with you. I don't think that there is a change there. So who do you think is going one, Bruce, if it wasn't Hutchinson? I have no idea because this is your mock draft. So I, I was just asking your opinion. That's all. Listen, I was just uh, trying to get you to sound out a little bit here. So I don't Kayvon have to throw Thibodeau something at you. is going to end up in Detroit. That's all I'm, I'm sorry? Tell you. Say that again? Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be in Detroit. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's Trayvon Walker at number two. For the Detroit Lions. You should see Brad Holmes' face when he was talking to Kayvon Thibodeau at Pro Day. Guess what? Trayvon Walker, two to the Lions. So with the second pick, you believe it's Trayvon Walker. That one stayed on Pat as well. Um, But, yeah, there's been a lot of talk about Kayvon Thibodeau going to the Lions over the past couple of months. It's nothing new. But um, he's going everywhere right now. I mean, come on, dude. I saw an article from a University of Oregon blog talking about how there's people in the NFL who think that Kayvon Thibodeau's draft stock plummeted after his pro day, like his pro day did not do anything for him. Yes, the Detroit Lions did send seven reps and Brad Holmes there um, because I think they really need to do their due diligence. But from Brad, what Brad it's Holmes does like, his homework. Right. He's not stupid. I, not I think Thibodeau is the best player in the draft. I say it again, period. But – I think Trayvon Walker, with the system, with them going into a 3-4, or actually a 4-3 from a 3-4, I think Trayvon Walker's more versatile. Trayvon Walker can play a three technique. You know what a three technique is, Bruce? No? No. It's one of the tackles. Do you know what a ta- defensive yes, tackle I know is? what a defensive right. tackle is. So Walker could do either end or tackle. It's a, vers- a versatility thing. So... I think Walker's more versatile because he's bigger than Thibodeau is. So I believe they're going to go with him. Uh, Also, one thing I noticed is that Thibodeau did not run his 40 time at the pro day. Well, he didn't need to because he ran a 4-5-8 at uh, the combine. So he doesn't even need to run. Um, But he did put on, you said it, what did he put on? Like 15, 20 pounds? Yeah. He put on 20 pounds of muscle. He put on some weight since the combine yeah. for sure. Um, yeah. He benched out 27 times. That's that's really good for a guy his size, as lean as he is to do that. And uh, he ran a 4 3 4 shuttle time. Well, uh, you know, I, that's incredible. As far as explosiveness goes. So Correct. we think that Trayvon Walker will ultimately end up in Detroit. I, so I think the. Brad Holmes knows that to bolster that defensive line, you got to have another guy inside. What so, they have there right now is not going to do it. They have they have to have somebody else. So with Hutchinson and Walker off the board, so Houston at number three takes Kayvon Thibodeau, defensive end of Oregon. Do you think for the most part 
like hypothetically, let's say the Lions did end up taking Thibodeau and Houston takes Walker. You, I mean, you really can't go wrong with either. No, of them, I don't. Right? I don't think. I don't think Houston's going to go wrong with either. I really don't. Do you think Thibodeau's almost a better fit in Houston than he would be in Detroit, though? Uh, no, I think he fits Detroit system better. To be honest with you, you know, it's just my opinion. Okay, number four is the New York Jets. So, so far, our top three picks have not changed since Mock Draft 1.0. Right. So, at number four, you, the Jets take... Sauce Gardner, cornerback, Cincinnati. Ahmad Sauce Gardner, the best name in the draft. What By far. Now, you know I'm usually opposed to taking secondary guys this high in the draft. What sets him apart, though? I, I love his... He's got, he's got length. 6'2", at a corner... Is really good length, and you got to have that length. I I just think I I I think he's incredible. I really do. What did he go? How many how many seasons did he go without giving up a touchdown? It was something ridiculous, like three. I mean, come on, man. Uh, Sauce Gardner had not allowed a single touchdown over two seasons at Cincinnati. Two years. I mean, come on, dude. After being targeted 98 times, he picked off six balls. In that's that's incredible. Think about that. Think about that. That is uh, pretty incredible. Actually, I have an article here from December 30th. He did not allow a touchdown in three seasons. So Yeah, that's what I had thought. Yeah. I remember we were talking about that and. I, I just don't think you can go wrong there. No, I absolutely really don't. not. That's that's locked down top notch. Uh and the four four one forty time. I that just helps big time. Right. I mean, come on. The guy can fly. Uh at number five, the team that shares the stadium with the Jets, the New York Giants. Select. Evan Neal, tackle. So so Alabama. far your so far your top five have not changed. No, and you, it's not it's not gonna change. You think you're really, really confident in those top five picks. I th- I think it could either be Ikiwanu or Evanil. <clears throat> and I believe that the Giants and uh Carolina, I they're gonna go either way. One of those guys are going to the other. Do you so, think one of them's a better fit with a certain team or I, I just think Evan Neal fits fits New York better because of his versatility being able to play both tackle positions. Right. And that, that I stay with that. I mean, that's what I said last time. And that's that's why I went with him first. Even uh, though I think Awanu is a better left tackle than he is, he doesn't play the right side. So with the sixth pick, you think the Panthers will take Iki Nguanu? Correct. Okay. So so far off the board, you got three defensive ends, a corner, and two offensive linemen. So it seems like in this draft, there's two tiers of offensive linemen. Like we have Evan Neal and Iki Iguanu going five Correct. six. They're and the two best guys in, in uh, offensive linemen. Uh, actually, there's three: them and Charles Cross. Well, what sets these two apart from, like, say, Trevor Penning, well, uh, Zion I, I mean, Johnson? I, I am really high on Penning. I know. To be honest with you, you love him. I think if if you're picking from ten below, I would I would go Penning. But I, wh- I mean, I am not kidding. I think he's that good. What separates Evan Neal from? I just told you, dude. He's a, he's gigantic. Number one. Yeah. At six seven and three forty or whatever. So he, he size wise, he's a lot bigger than. Oh, Penning. dude, he's he's probably one of the biggest guys in the draft. Right. I mean, he's he's that big. 
So you know, you know what's funny is him and Jordan Davis standing next to each other. You can't tell who's bigger. Really? I, that's crazy, dude. So, so far we have Aiden Hutchinson going to Jacksonville, Trayvon Walker going to Detroit, Kayvon Thibodeau going to Houston, Ahmad Sauce Gardner going to the Jets, Evan Neal going to the Giants, Iki Nguanu going to the Panthers, and the Giants turn around and pick again at number seven, and they select. Well, they select Jermaine Johnson, defensive end, Florida State. Uh, he's a Georgia transfer. Great off the edge. That's something that the Giants need. They, right. they need another pass rusher bad over there, and I think they'll just help that team, and they're doing it the right way. Offensive and defensive lines have to be strong on your team to be successful. Well, there was actually a lot of talk that Jermaine Johnson could go higher than, than that now. It, it's possible. It's possible, but I don't think so. I had a lot of people talking about because he had a great senior bowl that the Lions were interested in taking him at, too. Right. And and I I heard a couple of guys talk about that, but I I just don't I I don't think so. I think you got a guy like uh, Trayvon Walker, you take him, just because of how versatile he is. Just like Evan Neal is the most versatile tackle in the draft, right? Trayvon Walker is the no, most uh, versatile defensive end slash tackle, defensive tackle in the draft. I think in today's NFL, versatility is so key. it's huge. It's so key. it is so huge. Um. Out of these top seven, so Hutchinson, Walker, Thibodeau, Gardner, Neal, Iquanu, and Jermaine Johnson, who could you see falling there, if anybody? Oh, falling as far as into into the draft period? Yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe the offensive lineman, if somebody wants to do the sexy pick, right? jump up here and take a wide receiver at these positions – you could see that. Like, I don't think it's outside of the realm of possibility for the Giants to go with one of the top I, I don't think it is. I, I I think, you know what? If Garrett Wilson went four to the Giants, I wouldn't be surprised. Well. Or four to the Jets. I would not be surprised. Funny enough, uh, with the eighth pick, the Falcons take. Garrett Wilson, wide receiver, Ohio State. Now, I don't think they would have went this if. They actually had Ridley. Ridley. Yeah. Uh, with Ridley being gone for the year with his little antics, I, I just think they, they have to get a receiver here. And I think he's the best guy there. What makes Garrett Wilson the best guy in this draft? Uh, he's the most pro-ready out of everybody. Runs the best routes, gets good separation. Uh, he, he gets better separation than most of the other guys do. I still think that uh, Jameson Williams could have probably been a top Receiver in this draft, the problem is the injury is going to hold him back. It's going to make him drop. Well, I think the biggest knock on Garrett Wilson is size. Do, well, do I, you think that could be an issue for him? I don't think so because if you look at a guy like Freak Hill's like what five nine five ten? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he's, he's lucky than if he's that. five ten. Yeah, five ten one eighty. Yeah, he's. I bet you he's five eight. Are those? You know, so you think Garrett Wilson? That's a good comp for him. Like similarities there. He's six one. Garrett Wilson actually is fast. He gets Tariq Hill separation, and that's key in the NFL. Oh, absolutely. Separation yeah. means everything. Uh, it, obviously, because Tariq Hill is now the highest paid receiver in football. So, Moving on, at number nine, the Seattle God. Scumbags select. Damn it. Malik Willis, quarterback, Liberty. Listen, dumbass needs to do something over there, and I'm not even talking about Bruce. 
He's got to do something to make it an exciting, exciting pick. What better way to to get a guy like Malik Willis to Seattle? I, I mean, they need to do something quarterback-wise. Could they get a guy more consistent? Absolutely. I don't think he has to play right away. He's going to have guys that are going to be there. It'll be an open competition between three or four guys. And we'll see if he even makes a team. Obviously, he's going to because he's going to be a high pick. And they'll have him for five years. But we'll see if he actually gets yeah. the starting job. Yeah. But I don't if they think get, he'll start uh, right away. What's his name? I'm sorry? What if they uh, pick up fucking Colin Kaepernick? Yeah, Colin Kaepernick. I, I, don't, I don't know, dude. If that happens, then God bless them. Hopefully, they'll just be the disaster that they are for the next five years then. Uh, so everybody's kind of paraded around talking about how poor of a quarterback draft this is. Correct. Uh, I, I don't – I don't listen, there's going to be at least two guys to come out of this draft that are going to be starting quarterbacks in the NFL for the next five or six years. So, How least, sure are you Malik Willis is one of them? I, I, don't, I don't know. Willis has – his talent is upside – his, there is no ceiling for him. I mean, that's he's got the arm. He can move. It's not like he's – his problem is accuracy. And in the NFL, if you're not accurate, you're not going to be around long. Well, I read a – Cam Newton. I read a comp on him that he is essentially Lamar Jackson with a bigger arm. Oh, absolutely. So if he has yeah, the he, mobility of Lamar I'll, I'll Jackson. Tell you what, I remember Lamar Jackson coming out, and he was incredible right. in college. And and if you remember, we had our college, we had a college draft, our uh, fantasy, fantasy league. league. Yep. And and you had Lamar had Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who was scoring like 70, 80 points a game. Right. It was, it was yeah. crazy it was numbers. They were they were everyone knew who Lamar was from that Vine video. Oh, dude, him. he was he was Jumping, exceptional in college. Doing a I don't think there was many shit. guys that were as good as him in college. I really don't. No, he I was agree. exceptional in college. So. First quarterback comes off the board at number nine to the Seattle Seahawks. And the Jets are back up again with their second pick in the top ten. I, I know this is going to sound crazy, but I, I, I truly believe that they're going to go Kyle Hamilton, safety from Notre Dame. Now, Why? is that replacing Why? Jamal well, Adams? They had to. They had yeah. to. Not only are they getting the best corner in the draft, they're basically getting – the top safety in the draft. I mean, that's completely that's going to solidify their secondary. Oh, you're com- you're completely revamping your secondary. Yes, and you want to know what? I would love to see them do that because they. My God, that. they were awful last year. If you put both those guys back there playing yeah. together, that is, uh, that's one dynamic. And, and you got deal. a nice sprinkle of veterans there too that right. can help them. Right. So that I, I'm telling you right now, they they could revamp their whole team. Not only that, they're going to be getting some guys back that were injured last year, and how you love C.J. Mosley just like I do. Mosley, yeah, I loved him ever since he's come out. Right. Um, I I just think that defense could be something special. Well, I hope so. And if you add those two guys, I mean, essentially, you're taking the two best defensive backs in this draft Correct. and putting them and on one the same team. team. Yes, that That's is incredible. that is stellar. And you know what? I love the move. I would love I to too. see them do that. It's it's about time Gang Green comes back to what they were. Right. And this this could help it big time. At 11, we have the Washington Commanders and you believe they're going to select Trent McDuffie cornerback Washington. So, according to this, we have 3 DBs off the board now in the top 11. 
Well, McDuffie, and you know what? And let me tell you something. We haven't even talked about a guy who's probably going to be rated up there who just did his pro day today and ran a really good 40, and that's Derek Stingley. I mean, he he could jump up in this in this mix too. So either him or McDuffie could be going to Washington. Absolutely, and I think a huge part of this is who that these general managers and who these scouts right. who do they fall in the love with. Exactly. Right. You know, it seems like there's so much talent, obviously, in the first round that you really a lot of these guys you can't go wrong. You're you're splitting hairs with a lot of them, like. Like we said with uh, Evan Neal and Iki Nguanu, if you're trying to decide between the two of them, you're splitting hairs, right? Like whichever guy you think is a better locker room fit, a better team fit, and that's a lot of that is subjective because what you're getting talent-wise is extremely similar. What are some things you like about Trent McDuffie, though? He's another long corner that that really is a ball hawk. I'm telling you, he's he's going to be. Something really good in this league. There's three corners in this league that you know that are going to be good. One is, of course, Sauce. Sauce. McDuffie. I, I think he's right in that mix. And Stingley. I mean, if he can live up to his hype, he could be one of the best ones in the league. At, at one point, Derek Stingley was up. Was the guy. The guy. He Absolutely. was the guy. But he's he just, last year he was awful. And, and it was almost like, I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't, know. I don't know if it's a, a confidence thing. I I don't know. Well, if you're picking there, so you think that obviously, I I, I think wise. they're going to take McDuffie. He's the safe pick there. Okay. Moving on at twelve, the Minnesota Vikings, the most boring team in football, select. Well, they're not going to be boring anymore. <laughs> they're going to take Jordan Davis, defensive tackle, Georgia. In all reality, I think. And this is no bullshit. Outside of Thibodeau, this is the best player in the draft. This is your favorite player. He's in the my draft favorite isn't. player. Yeah. If I was the Detroit Lions, if I was the GM, I would be taking Jordan Davis at two. I you would. think that Just highly because of, of this? The guy, the guy is absolutely monstrous. He dominates the line of scrimmage when he plays. Right. And I think guys that have that kind of potential should be taken a lot higher than what they are. And you don't see it anymore. You don't see it anymore. How many blocks can Jordan Davis eat up at once? At least two. At least <laughs> at two, maybe two. three. Right. You better get a back in to chip him, too, as he's coming through because he's a monster. He's such a handful. When I was watching tape on him, and I'm watching two guys on him, and, and they're leaving backs in to chip this guy because he just cannot – he, he eats up blocks like nobody I've seen in a long time. Well, you know something? Right after the combine, you were hearing so much about him. And for some reason, I it's think all fell right it kind of cooled off a and little it, You bit. know what? I, I don't think it's cooled off. I think so many, so many people are so interested in him. Let me tell you something right now. If he goes in the top five, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, maybe every, everybody's just trying to smoke screen hey, it all. Let me together. tell you something. Houston might take him at three. Yeah. The Jets Why might not? take him at four. So you think that you think Jordan Davis is one of those guys who could I think go, he's that good. Who I think could he's go that good. anywhere. If I was GM, if I was Brad Holmes, yeah. and I am not shitting you, I would take him at two. 
Wow. Just because I know how disruptive he is. You On defense, you need guys that are disruptive. Guys like Aaron Donald, who disrupts everything. You need that kind Absolutely. of presence. If you don't have that, you don't have shit. Well, if you look back at it, I mean. And, and what better way? Listen, Minnesota has been known for, for decades as a team that's always had a great defensive line. Right. And and they they're aging quickly. They haven't been anything in the last right. few years. Well, you want to know something? You might not be that far off. If you look back at it, the Lions took Ndamukong Sue at number two in 2010. Listen, they said he was the next coming. Yeah. Ndamukong Sue. And, and I'm going to give him this. The guy's had a solid career. Oh, my God, of course. You cannot yeah. say he is not a top top-tier player. He is. I agree. But I think Jordan Davis's upside is bigger than Zoo's. Really? I do. Well, Just because I think if he's coached the right way and they utilize the right way, I think he could be dominant. Can you not pronounce S's? I'm sorry? Can you not pronounce S's? What are you talking about? You call him Zoo. Yeah, you say Nadamakin Zoo instead of so Sue. So what? I'm just wondering, can you pronounce S's? I can pronounce fuck you. How about that? Fuck you, Bruce. <laughs> uh, at 13, the Houston Texans have their second pick of the first round. So we had them taking uh, Kayvon Thibodeau with the third pick. Now, Houston's a team that kind of needs a little bit of everything, so I'm really interested to see what you well, do. Well, here's the thing. You got a, you got a second-year guy at quarterback, Davis Mills. They need to bolster their offensive line. So I see them taking Charles Cross, offensive tackle, Mississippi State. I bet you you don't know who that is, do you, Bruce? Nope. I didn't think so. So you said that talent-wise, Charles Cross is pretty much up there with your Evan Neal and Adrian Guan. I do. I think he's as good as they are. So this is a pretty good value pick for I think Adrian is is by far the best left tackle in this draft, period. Right. He's the best run-blocking tackle in the draft. Now, how far is the gap between Charles Cross oh, and I, I mean, obviously, listen, the gap between Iwanu on the run, in the run game, there is no, there's no comparison. He's he's that much better than everybody else. So now we have three offensive linemen off three offensive linemen off the board as well. He's a solid guy. They need they need to protect Davis Mills. That kid was running for his life. Oh yeah, yeah. I, they need to protect him. And uh, and some other news: Whitney Merciless retired today. Did he really? He did. Did he really? He did. Uh, I'm a Whitley Merciless guy. Remember when he came out of college? You know what school Whitney Merciless went to there, Bruce? No? He went to Illinois. He was from Fighting Illini, Illinois. Did you know that? No. No? Because I shook my head no when you asked okay. me the first time. Anyway, stop playing with your penis. Okay. <laughs> I'm playing on my phone, right. trying to figure out this wordle. Anyway. Uh, next oh, God. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens who have historically had an incredible defense, you can only assume they're going to go defense here. They're, they're going to go with a, a linebacker slash defensive end who will fit in that 3-4 system. George Karloftis, defensive end, Purdue. What do you like about Karloftis? Because I've seen he, this guy go. He's got a big motor. Here's the thing about him. He was probably, in, at one point, the third best defensive end in the draft. The problem is... You got guys like Trayvon Walker and Jermaine Johnson who've leapfrogged him. Right. So are you getting top-tier talent there at 14? Yes, you are. The whole thing is, I've read about George Karloftis today, 
they think that his ceiling is quite a bit lower than your Hutchinson, Thibodeau, Jermaine Johnson, oh, Trayvon he Walker. At Purdue, so he's not. You're playing in the Big Ten, right? So, but I mean, so did Hutchinson. Hutchinson did too. The problem is Hutchinson is six foot six. Karloftis isn't. Ah, okay, he has the size. Where Karloftis is a little shorter. But I, I think he's just as effective, if not more, than Hutchinson is. Do you think he fits with the Ravens? I do. You do? I do. I think John, Har- John Harbaugh likes these guys that, that are just motor guys. He loves that. And I think that would help them big time. Well, at 15, we have the first of two Eagles picks here between 15 and 20. Um, we've talked a lot about Philadelphia in our last few episodes, and – we all agree that we think they're going to be one of the most improved teams in the league this year. Oh, and they're going to be. With that. Right after this Besides draft, they're, they're going to be sick, sickly improved. So with the 15th pick, who do you see the Eagles taking? Devin Lloyd, linebacker, Utah. He's the best outside linebacker in the draft, period. You think so? Yeah. Who would be a good comp for him? I mean, he went to Utah. Well, so we here, didn't see that much of him. With, with him uh, – I, I see, from what I've seen on tape of him, yeah. I see a little bit of Khalil Mack in him. You do? He could play end or linebacker. I think he's better at linebacker, to be honest with you. I think he, he could fit He could fit in that Philadelphia system like nothing. It'd be very – he'll fit right in day one. I think so, too. From what I've seen on him, the Eagles are kind of – the Eagles have a lot of guys and a, a good depth right now, but – not a lot of like superstars. I think he fits into that defense really well, and he could be like your standout guy on that defense. Absolutely, he could be a superstar. He has the talent. It's just is he going to be coached up the right way? Right, that's the key. Absolutely, and I th- I think that Philly Philly's defense. I think he fits right into that defense. Uh at sixteen, the New Orleans Saints actually traded this week for that pick. They moved up from 18 to 16 to get Kenny Pickett, quarterback Pitt. I think uh, he's the most ready guy in the draft. He's ready to start day one. He's so the most you think yeah. you think NFL readiness wise? I think ready he's to go out NFL there and play. ready. He can go out there and play, and, and hopefully, yeah. Let me tell you something. He's going to a shit show. Absolutely. So, is he gonna be? Is he gonna get beat down? Absolutely. What's so funny, Dick? <laughs> he just got the fucking wordle. If I had to guess, no, I, I actually got it a couple of minutes ago. Stop playing with your dick. I can't itch my dick. Go itch it in the other room, fuckhead. All right. Uh, yes, Kenny Pickett is walking into an absolute mess in New Orleans. Yeah, he is. It's not going to be easy for him. Uh, the coaching staff's going to have their hands full trying to trying to figure out what's going to be the easiest way for this kid to have success right off the bat. The thing is and about, I think you turn around and just hand the ball to Camara. Well, this and, is the problem right now with New Orleans. There's a lot of question marks. Yeah. And we haven't heard anything about it. You know, Kamara still has a possible pending suspension after his altercation after the Pro Bowl. It is true. That's number one. 
Number two, we have no idea and have heard absolutely nothing about their star wide receiver, Michael Thomas. We have no idea what's going on with that. So they could be starting from scratch for all we, we know. We haven't right heard now. shit out of New Orleans. Like, Just that's the whole thing. Nothing. Yeah, it's been pretty much radio I, I'm silence. I'm trying to think of who's going to be worse, them or Atlanta. Well, the whole thing is, is they have oh. a shitload of cap room now because they tried to clear right. a bunch of it. They restructured pretty much the whole team to make that push for Deshaun Watson. So who knows what could happen with them? But I think Kenny Pickett for them gives them some sort of clarity. It gives them some sort of certainty at at least your quarterback position for the next few years. Uh, And they got some guys there right now. He doesn't have to play right away. Yeah, He's the most ready. You got James Winston. He's going to play behind him. And, and, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, the best scenario for him is this. Sit behind Winston this year and learn how to play the game. Well, this is the whole thing. That's what I think. I think with Jameis Winston there, you're going to have him go out and have two or three five-interception games, and then it'll be Kenny Pickett's rodeo going forward. Well, we'll see. I, it gets late in the year, and they're totally out of it. I think Pickett might be in quicker than we think. I think so, too. By week seven, if they if they only have one win, yeah. you could probably see Pickett. Right. So it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, at 17. Outside of Jordan Davis, I think this is your second favorite player. Oh, Trevor Penning, offensive line, Northern Iowa. This is my guy right here. Going to a- the if- Los Angeles Chargers. Correct. I I would take him. I I would take him at two. <laughs> <laughs> I would take him at two. I I I'd seen the way this guy plays. He he plays with a chip on his shoulder. Now, this guy wasn't even projected to go in the first round. Until after the combine. And my man just absolutely, between the senior bowl and the combine, absolutely tore it up. I actually read something about Trevor Penning the other day, and they said out of every offensive lineman in the draft, because of his motor personality drive, because of those the intangibles, what's going on between the ears with him, they think out of everybody – out of all the offensive linemen, he has the most Hall of Fame potential. It wouldn't surprise me. It would not surprise me if he's wearing a gold jacket one day. That would not surprise me. He's one guy. I think he has that potential. Guys like Michael Jordan had that drive to be great. Penning has that kind of drive. Are that you tenacity? Com- are you no, comparing I, I, Michael Jordan? I, listen, I, I've I've watched Michael Jordan practice against his own guys and they absolutely hated the guy because he was such a perfectionist. Well, that's that, that is exactly I what you see said. this guy being the same way. Trevor Penning was going through fucking walkthroughs throwing guys around. So yeah. Yeah, it was it was ridiculous. I seen him at the senior bowl. They had just pa- uh helmets and shoulder pads on and he was whipping guys on the Absolutely. Ground. And I was like this guy's a maniac. Philadelphia at number 18. So this was Again, New Orleans and Philadelphia swapped first-rounders this week. So, at 18, this was the thing. In our first mock draft, Philly had those back-to-back picks, and they took Devin Lloyd and Devontae Wyatt. Now, they dropped down a couple of spots here, and you think that they still get their guy in Devontae Wyatt. I, I think they do. They need that third guy in a rotation on that defensive line. Their defensive line is absolutely going to be scary. Absolutely scary. That's that defensive line. They're front seven. They added Hassan Riddick in there, too. I know. To go with Devin Lloyd, to go with yes. Fletcher Cox, and now to go with Devontae Wyatt. 
It's just their defense is out. It will be outstanding. I mean, they have a surplus of yes. incredible defenders. Yeah, I agree. I agree totally. So it just makes them even stronger because if you want to really talk about it, Devontae Wyatt is the most productive defensive tackle in the draft. And of course, he was productive when you got the guy on the other side of you eating all the blocks up. Right. I was so gonna, that helps you big time. So between Jordan <clears throat> Davis and Devontae Wyatt, Devontae Wyatt's more of the. He's more athletic, better pass rusher. He's overall, his numbers were a lot better than Jordan Davis's. But, and that's what everybody was saying that Jordan Davis this, Jordan Davis that. Well, his numbers weren't as good as Devontae Wyatt's. Well, because Jordan Davis is eating the blocks up. Right. So that's why Devontae Wyatt was running in a terror. Not to say that he's not a good football player and he's very good. Listen to me. The front seven of Georgia are all going to go in this draft. Oh, yeah. The front seven and the back end. And yeah. the back end. They're going to have two corners going in this draft. Both of their safeties will go in this draft. And and their whole other linebacker core is going in this draft. All, all of Georgia's defense. All of Georgia's defense is going in this draft, period. That's how good they are. Well, I think that'll be exciting to see. I, I can't wait to see that Philadelphia defense. So right now you got three of the Georgia defense already gone. Uh, already gone. Yeah. So out of the top 18, three of them are Georgia defenders. Yes. Yep. That's pretty incredible. That's pretty incredible. So uh, at number 19, so this is New Orleans' second pick now. At number 19? Yep. So I got – they took I, Kenny Pickett, so they got their correct. quarterback They got their out. quarterback. Now they need to secure up a couple of spots where they lost defensively. And one is uh, corner. And I got them taking Derek Stingley, corner out of LSU, at that spot. Now, here's the thing. If he can live up to his potential, it's a steal at 19. If he can live up to his potential. Yeah. He, had a, he ran a really good 40 at his pro day today. He looked good in the drills. It, it could be... This could be the steal of the draft to get him at 19. Could be. Do you think he'll drop that low? Uh, Just based off a of team need and everything else. I mean, I, I, I see don't. how this I, played I, out. I could see him going higher. You could. I could. Listen, there's what two positions in the NFL can you not have enough of? Uh, corners and defensive ends. That's it. Yeah. I, I mean, those are two positions. You could never have enough guys. Um, so real quick, before we go to 20, let's do a quick recap. So number one, overall, we have Aiden Hutchinson, number two, Tavon Walker, number three, Kayvon Thibodeau, number four, Ahmad Sauce Gardner, number five, Evan Neal, number six, Iki Aquanu, number seven, Jermaine Johnson, number eight, Garrett Wilson, number nine, Malik Willis, number 10, Kyle Hamilton, number 11, Trent McDuffie, number 12, Uncle Sam's favorite, Jordan Davis. Number 13, Charles Cross. Number 14, George Karloftis. Number 15, Devin Lloyd. Number 16, Kenny Pickett. Number 17, Trevor Penning. Number 18, Devontae Wyatt. Number 19, Derek Stingley Jr. And with the 20th pick, the Pittsburgh Steelers select. Matt Carell, quarterback, Old Miss. So on the scumbag level, do you think Matt Carell is less of a scumbag than Ben Roethlisberger? Uh, well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, Pittsburgh is what it is. Tomlin needs a quarterback right now. Uh, they got some guys there. They're going to have to draft a guy, and they're just going to let it all play out. They're going to have an open competition there. The best guy is going to be the quarterback there. Right. You know, now, which Trubisky might have the edge, 
because he'll Started be making off. the most money. Right. And he's been a starter already. Well, so, I mean, I think it's it could be one of those situations where if I had a crystal ball, this is how I see Pittsburgh's season going. I see them starting Mitchell Trubisky, and just like we said with New Orleans, by week seven or eight. They'll, they'll be 500. Yeah. They'll be 500. They won't make the playoffs. No. Because it's going to take at least 12 to 14 wins to win that division. Easy, yeah. E- easy. And that's not going to happen. And, and they're no. not going to do that. No. Because they got, they got at least two out of the three teams are better than they are, and the third team has a better quarterback. That's true. So guess what? They're finishing dead last. I see Pittsburgh finishing dead last. Now, I know that there's a lot of people saying Matt Carell to Pittsburgh is a thing, and he's higher up on the draft board than this guy. But you personally, do you like Matt Carell or Nevada quarterback Carson Strong? I like Carson Strong better than all of these guys. So if it was up to you, you like Carson Strong over Kenny Pickett? Yes. Really? Well, I think he has more experience than Pickett. Well, who do you like? He's thrown for more yards than these other guys. Who do you like better to run your franchise? To run my franchise? Yeah. As of right now, yeah. I would take Carson Strong. Wow. I think he has more experience in a, a, a offense that is predicated to the NFL than the rest of these guys. Well, have. here's the thing. If we look at these guys, like all of these quarterbacks, none of them went to a big-time school. Right. I mean, Malik Willis went to Liberty. Kenny Pickett went to Pitt. And Matt Carell went – I mean, Ole Miss – is a, he's playing in a in he's a, playing in the SEC. He's playing in a better division than the rest of these. But guys. didn't have a whole lot of success. Success winning, I, I guess. Why aren't we seeing more talk of Carson Strong moving up in this draft? All I've seen is he him fall in, and fall and fall. When you play in the Mountain West, I guess uh, that you're not going to hear from these guys. But there's been plenty of guys in the NFL that Carson have played Wentz. in my, my, out. Carson Wentz played in what? No, he played in Division, division fucking, 2. Yeah, I mean. It wasn't even Division 1. Right. But Derek Carr played at Fresno. You see right. a lot of guys come out of the Mountain West that can throw the football. That can throw the football. I'm telling you. Well, so Carson Strong is the new quarterback in Pittsburgh. Moving on to the New England Patriots. At number 21, you have Bill Belichick selecting. Well, here, here's the thing. I, I At first, I, I could see them going with with – a receiver here. Yeah. But they just signed Devontae Parker. Right. So that tells me they're not going to do that. And Billichick doesn't they, like taking receivers that no, high. No, anyway. I know he doesn't. And and they need to be – their defense was very good the first half of the season last year. Yeah. The second half of the season they struggled because they couldn't get pressure. So I got him taking Boye Mafa, defensive end, Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He's a very good off-the-edge guy. This is another guy Great that you step. absolutely <clears throat> love. Nobody even knew who he was. He was not a first-round pick when this all first started to play out. Yeah. Once at the Senior Bowl, and they seen this kid, and Jermaine Johnson, who was way down there. He wasn't even going to go in the first either. But these two guys exploded in the Senior Bowl. Coming off the edge, they were just – they were – they couldn't be handled. Now, and this is against top tier competition, right? In in the country, so I, that's going to tell you right there that they're legitimate. They're not. They're not just a one year guy. These are legitimate pass rushers. Now, how much separation do you think there is between Mafa 
and like you said, Jermaine Johnson, those top 10 guys. We- I, I really don't think there's a much. Here's the thing. You got Thibodeau and then everybody else. Okay. okay. Now, now where, where does this guy fit in? I think you can go Hutchinson, Jermaine Johnson, and obviously you could go with Maffa and no and that next year. Okay. I, I, I really truly so think So you think he's at the Thibodeau top of tier three these other guys. You think you would put Maffa at the top of the tier three defensive ends? Uh yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. Now that see that that excites me because those are the guys that Bill Belichick goes for. Well, here's those guys thing. who are it, just exactly. under the radar. Now, a touch. now I'm going to tell you what I, I'm going to tell you this. I, I know it's going to sound stupid. Mm-hmm. And instead of Maffa going this high, it, it should have been the kid from Michigan, David Ajabo. David Ajabo should have went at this. Spot. Well, without that injury, the problem is I this, think you could see that tearing that Achilles. Yeah. It's it might make him just totally drop out of the first round. Now I think it will too. Could Bill take him there and just let him sit? He could, but I just I I think Bill wants immediate. He now wants somebody he can production. plug in and play. He yeah. wants production now. They let uh, what was his name? The one they drafted a couple of years ago with the block. Chase Winovich. Chase Winovich is gone out of New England, right? Because he didn't produce. Correct. And you know Bill's not afraid yeah, no, you don't to pr- let guys go that don't produce. You don't produce, you're fucking gone, yeah. Exactly. Yep. So I think this is reason why he takes Maffa at that spot. Now, another name I've seen here a lot is N'Kobe Dean. Do you think? I do, too. And and my biggest fear is he takes N'Kobe Dean. Either, either or. Well, we'll get into that later yeah. on in the draft. Uh, at number 22. The first of two picks in the 20s for the Green Bay Packers. Chris Olave, wide receiver, Ohio State. Well, as we know. I They need somebody they need instant. Yeah. This guy is the best route runner, period, in the draft. He's actually better than Garrett Wilson at running routes. You want to know what's fucked up? I saw them compare Chris Olave to Jamar Chase. Really? I saw, I, I, you know what? I saw an article where they comped these yeah. two and said, don't be surprised if Olave comes out and has a year like Jamar Chase did with him. I wouldn't be surprised either. I mean, if you have Aaron Rodgers throwing you the ball, right. you, I mean, he can make anybody look good. So right. the problem is, is they don't have anyone in their wide receiver core right now. It is. Well, I, I that's why I think in this draft, they have two first round picks and I truly believe they're going receiver, both of them. I think that's just, probably just, a great idea. Just to have somebody to give this guy a couple of weapons. Well, yeah. Now they could still sign a free agent before this is all done. There's guys out there. Uh, Julio Jones is still out there. Odell Beckham. Who, is who still better out there. to resurrect Julio Jones's career than Aaron Rodgers? That's true. Who better to yeah. to make Odell Beckham? I really can't see I, Odell I, and, and Aaron Rodgers getting along all that well. well. I, but, I don't. I don't think it would matter as long as they're successful. Right. If they're winning, it's all good. Right. Uh, there's a pretty big run of receivers here now. So at 23, the Arizona Cardinals select Jameis Williams, wide receiver, Alabama. Here's the thing: this guy's dropped. He should have been gone in the top four picks. Well, you want to so know what's funny about that's this? That's why I think he goes there. I don't know. I, I know they let Christian Kirk go. 
I don't know if uh, A.J. Green is even still on the roster. Well, I mean, A.J. Green is pretty much on his way out, regardless if he is or not. Um, I think his effectiveness this year will be even less than last year. Well, I think he was actually pretty good down a stretch last year. When everybody else was hurt. Because they were missing everybody. Yeah. Right. Uh, But I think they definitely need to go receiver. And I like Jamison Williams there. What about him? Makes him a first round. He was the best receiver in the draft till he got hurt. Yeah, he was as good, if not better. He's got more length than Garrett Wilson. Stupid fast, runs excellent routes. He was probably the would have been the top receiver gone if he hadn't got hurt. Uh, Next up, because he's not going to be ready when the season starts, and I truly believe that's why he's not going to Green Bay. Right. You so you think if he's, I, I if he's ready for week he would have one, been Green Bay. he's not making yeah. it this far. Yeah. Yes. I, I think I would agree with you there. Uh at twenty four, we have all of our favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys. Well, they need to build their offensive line. It's gotten real weak. You want to know what's fucked up? Bad. The Cowboys for years had the most elite top end best offensive line in football. And within the last two or three years, it just went it's just depleted down yeah. to nothing. And you know what? And, and then now you're seeing, of course, everybody's talking about Zeke Elliott being done. It's not him. It's they don't have the offensive line anymore. Right. And of course, that's going to smash into your production right. because you're losing them pieces on your offensive line. It reminds me of the New York Jets. The New York Jets signed Ladaley and Tomlinson away from San, San Diego. Do you remember that? I do. He was so good the first two years he was there, running behind a top-tier offensive line. Then all of a sudden, they started losing pieces. They lost Mangold. They lost a couple other pieces. And then all of a sudden, they were average. And and he got out. He got out. He retired to get out. Because he seen where it was going. His production went down. And that's, that's basically what's happened to Zeke Elliott. The offensive line has gotten so bad, they can't create any kind of holes for him, and that's why you've seen his production take a big step back. Do you think that's that an injury? Do you think that's the reason we see so much inconsistency out of Dak Prescott as well? Um, it could. No, I just think he's he's just, just shit. Listen to me. <laughs> I, I I truly believe you could stick in Malik Willis and would be better than Dak Prescott. Oh wow. Yeah, that's how fucking bad he is. Well, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think Dallas needs to address the offensive line. They lost I, Collins to to. Yeah, I I don't mean Cincinnati. to say this about about him, but when I see him, I see a less talented version. How you know I'm not than uh, Cam Newton articles. That's what I see at Dak Prescott. Really, he's a less talented version of Cam Newton. Well, but they're the same. I, I it's ever since Cam is is his decline. It's come because I I truly think he doesn't want to play football anymore. Cam? Yeah. 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 I I truly think he wants to do other things in his life besides play football. And football comes so easy to him that he just doesn't work anymore at it. Right. I I think that's why Cam has declined as rapidly as he has, who should have been in there for at least another 10 years, 15 years as a top-tier quarterback. But I think his work ethic sucks. That's my personal opinion of what I've seen of him. But I, I think Dak Prescott is in that same mode. But the problem is Prescott doesn't have the talent level that Cam Newton does. So for him to take advantage, you know, to think he's going to take advantage of his 
his athleticism is a big mistake. He needs to get in there and work harder. Work harder, study film. Because he's erratic as all can be. I One minute the guy's throwing for 400 so yards ago. and five touchdowns. The next game it's 175 yards and three picks. Yeah. He's awful. I was on awful. The, I was on the cam bang wagon for this. Yeah, I, it doesn't surprise me. But so, then he blew that fuck. He choked in that Super Bowl. Doesn't surprise me. Fucking, I was like, it doesn't surprise suck. me that you're a fan of his. Um, so that as one far as head was good, man. As far as Zion Johnson goes, what do you like about him? I he's the best guard in this draft. Period. Pure guard. Pure guard. Okay, he's a pure guard. You put him inside, <clears throat> you park him at right, left or right guard, and he's there for the next ten years. So yeah, obviously they're help. not going wrong by taking him. Yeah, no, this that'll... is a smart move for them. Right, they need to bolster their line. Uh, next up, we have the Buffalo Bills, who really don't need all that much. Listen to me, Brees Hall is the man there. I can't wait to see this guy in a rotation with what the pieces that they have already. You might see one of those guys. I don't know if it's going to be Moss or Singletary, they might be the odd man out. This guy goes in, he starts day one. Now, he's he's that much better than the other two. I was talking to some people close to me, and they said that as much as they like Brees, Brees Hall, yeah, they think that, obviously there might be a little Michigan bias here, that Kenneth Walker would be a better more, fit, a better fit, and more I, you likely know what? to be a first I, I am not going to say that that's not true. I just don't see him going in the first round. I, I think the, I actually, you know what, Brees Hall going in the first round was a surprise to me. I think they'll draft at his need more than he's the best running back in the draft. Yeah, overall running back. Do I think the other kid from Michigan State is good? Absolutely. In between the tackles, he's a monster. He's a monster in between the tackles. Right. Kenneth Walker. I I like him. I watched him put them five touchdowns up on Michigan. What do you have? Four or five touchdowns? Five. It was it was sick. It was sick. They could do nothing. They could not stop that kid. Yeah, no. And, he was and, unstoppable. You know, and yeah. all I was hearing while I was Aiden Hutchinson sets the edge better than anyone. Guess what? He ran all over them that day. Listen, you're making so, bad memories come back over here, all right? Why? You're a Michigan fan? Yeah. That's what happens. That's what you get for liking fucking Jim Harbaugh. You're a Michigan hey, fan. Guess what? No, I'm not. You I'm said not a Michigan early, fan. in one of the earlier podcasts that you were I am a not a Michigan fan. I was never a Michigan fan. I'm a Michigan State fan. Not a Michigan fan. <laughs> And if you don't like me because I'm a Sparty guy, then so be it. I don't give a fuck. Mark D'Antoni was my dog. My dog. And they did him wrong. Good to know. Yeah. Now I, I don't hate, like now Jim I hate Harbaugh. You even more. I do not think Jim Harbaugh is is a a very good coach. In fact, you know what I think of Jim Harbaugh? He's right up there with that guy in Seattle. Because he's an Why asshole. Do you say that because he's an asshole. Jim Harbaugh isn't a good coach, but he hires the best coaches. So does Pete Carroll. His side. Uh, Pete Carroll, uh, Legion of Boom. Remember them? Who was that? Dan Quinn, the Legion of Boom guy. What did he do as a head coach? Absolutely fucking nothing. Just like Jim Harbaugh. Yeah. Took him how long to win a Big Ten championship? How long has he been in Michigan? I believe it was seven seasons. Seven yeah. seasons? Yeah. Guess what? He won't win another one. Ohio State gets the right coach. He, he won't win another one, dude. 
In fact, you know what? I'm going to say it now. They'll lose to Ohio State. Actually, I think that I'm Ohio right State now, needs to be investigated for the whole Urban Meyer shit because who else at that fucking school knew what was going on and didn't say a word? What are you talking about? Because if he treated about? NFL players it like that, matter. what was he treating? How was he treating every those time college Urban kids, Meyer, man? Every time Urban Meyer comes up to, to, to get what's coming to him, he retires on, on a, oh, I don't feel a health reasons. I'm retiring. Oh, I'm doing this. Oh, I'm doing that. Oh, I'm going to the NFL. Oh, do, do you see the pattern? Guess what? The scumbag did the same thing 15 years ago when he was at fucking USC. And nobody says anything about that. He left that school decimated for a fucking decade and went to Seattle and everything was all peaches and fucking cream. <laughs> that motherfucker needs to be. What are you, Snoop Dogg? He, you know what happened? You know what needs to happen to him? He needs to be fucking lined up and have 12 guys just pull the trigger and do away with them. <laughs> That's what needs to happen to him because he's a fucking asshole. He's an asshole. I'm not. That's never seen one day of justice against the way he fucking. He's a cheater and he's no good. He's a. He's Are not we talking a good about guy. Urban Meyer or Pete Carroll? Both. So you want both <laughs> Urban Meyer and Pete? I want and both. Pete Carroll. They need to, to die to be a firing, firing squad. squad. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. That that, I don't think that much. many people. That would might disagree be a little much, and I, I'm sure they wouldn't. Ap- well, Urban Meyer. Not Urban Meyer. I don't think that many people would disagree with you. But Somehow. Pete Carroll thing. Maybe. Pete Carroll too. He's a scumbag. Who do you think taught Urban Meyer how to be a scumbag? <laughs> Urban Meyer's my age. Who the fuck do you think taught this asshole how to be a scumbag? The, it's a seven-year-old Pete Carroll. The godfather of scumbags. The godfather Pete of scumbag. In uh, fact, that, that should be, there's your name for your episode. The godfather, the godfather. of scumbags. Well, shout out to oh, Iowa State running back Brees Hall. Somehow we were talking about <laughs> I, I you. I don't know how it got And Pete Carroll got killed. I'm sorry, you guys. Squad. I'm sorry. But anyway. Let's keep it going. Talking about Michigan uh, State. Moving on to the Tennessee Titans picking at 26. I got him taking Tyler Smith, offensive lineman, Tulsa. He's a very good lineman. They need somebody solid. Taylor Lewan can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. They need somebody to bolster that line. Well, this is real easy for me. Get get offensive linemen that can run block so Derrick Henry can be and, effective. And if they were picking Period. higher, they would have lost a few more games this year. They could have had a chance at the best run blocking tackle in the draft. So they're going to have to settle for the third one. Uh, that's fine. I think yeah. as long as you continue, that's it. Like, they traded for Robert Woods. They already have A.J. Brown. You already have Derrick Henry. You have good pieces on D. They got the skill positions isn't their issue. No. Their issue is their offensive line and quarterback. So, guess what? They're not going to go quarterback because they still have a guy who's under contract. Right. uh, And his contract is no nothing to shake a stick at, you know. And uh, I just don't think there's a guy at that spot that they want to take a chance on. The whole thing is we've seen Tannehill be effective, so right. fuck it. I think the better you can block Bolster that line, line baby. help him. You're, I agree. Yeah. Uh, moving on to your next Super Bowl champions, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, picking at 27. At first, I had them taking a receiver here. But. You did. I don't think they need a receiver anymore. I really don't. I, I think they, they need to go on the defensive side of the ball. Here. I agree. They and, lost and they some pieces on D. They, they need a, a, a giant nose tackle, and they got a guy, Travis Jones, from UConn. He's enormous. 
He's as big as 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 my favorite Jordan Davis, but he he just you got to have a guy eat them blocks. They need that guy for their defense to be where it needs to be. Yeah, you got to have that inside presence. Okay, so let's get down to brass tacks here. Travis Jones, like you said, is a mammoth man. He's huge. If he goes to a big time school, a blue ribbon school, and not UConn. Oh, he'll be in the top 15. We'd be talking well, about him up there with gone. Jordan Davis. He yeah. would already be gone. Correct. I agree with that. I, yeah. I I did a quick search on him and did watch some film. Yes. And he's he's a massive He's a dude. gigantic and, dude. And and it takes two guys to, to try yes, to Yes, he's a double team. He yeah. two guys, it takes that many guys to try to control this guy. Right. Because when he wants to go somewhere, he's going. He's going there. And, and he's like and a, he's like a, a truck. Guys that can yeah. Stop. If you're turning right, you're turning right. Uh so at 28, the Green Bay Packers are back up. Now, I, I I was on the fence about two guys here. Well, who do you think they're going to take? And then you got to give me a second because I have some breaking news on the guy I think you're about to pick. Okay. Well, who is it? Well, I I was thinking Traylon Burks, the wide receiver from Arkansas. So they say he's the next Debo Samuel. And I love guys that are in that mode. That I can do anything. I got a I got a tweet notification from Ian Rappaport okay. about 20 minutes ago. And essentially it is Traylon Burks is visiting with the Jets today. And they, quote unquote, have an exceptional relationship. Okay. So, yes, he makes perfect sense at Green Bay. Correct. Do you think there's any realm I, I just of possibility? Think he jumps these other guys. I mean, how does he jump from? How does he jump into the top ten? I don't know how. Listen, he wasn't even in the first round. People were talking about getting. You go back two weeks ago. This guy, this guy was projected to go maybe in the second round, top of the second round. He wasn't even a first round guy. Next up is the Kansas City Chiefs. Now I, I got two guys here that are going to go. Um, this guy could actually probably go to Green Bay, Make but I, I don't I don't see this happening. Arnold Abike, the defensive end from Penn State, he's the most explosive edge guy that I've seen outside Thibodeau coming off the edge. And this guy was not a first-round pick. No. But he's jumped up within the past couple of weeks. I mean, he has combine. jumped up. Rounds big time, not just picks. Because, because his explosion off the edge, the only the only guy that I see with his is Thibodeau. That's okay. how good he is. He doesn't have Thibodeau's size though. He reminds me of Robert Mathis. He's about the same size as Mathis, but his explosion off the edge is second to none. Second to none. That good coming off the edge, and I think this guy is is. Incredible as he is, but the thing is, uh, sometimes he gets out of position because he's so aggressive. Mm-hmm. But that's okay. Yeah, that's what you want. That's one of those things you can hone in with NFL Correct. coaching. Yeah, and I think uh, playing it with a guy like Frank Clark is going to help him big time. Absolutely, you put him on one side, Clark on the other. They got to have the duel to match the rest of their their guys in their conference. Right. They don't have it right now, so that's why I have them taking him there. Uh, and so then they turn around and pick again at 30. At 30, who possibly could go to Green Bay at that 28th pick is Christian Watson. 
So essentially, at thirty, the Chiefs are probably going to need to go receiver because right. they don't. They really got have him anybody. going at from North Dakota State. He's six four. He he got really good speed, and I think that's something that they haven't had there. Yeah, they have a is a target this guy's size that can move the way he does. Right. So this is something new for them that could really help them stay in with these other teams that are re- basically surpassing them in talent. Well, do you think him and Schuster work well together? Uh, I mean, you know Schuster's game. Here, Here's the thing. Schuster is a move-the-chains guy. He's cute. He's cute. Yeah. He's a move-chains guy. He's not that guy that's going to stretch the field. We already know that. Right. We're not stupid. They lost the best stretch the field guy there is right in the league so you got to have a guy that can do that and this this guy has the potential to be that so these receivers going a little bit later in the first round uh we have Olave at 22 Jameson Williams at 23 uh and then Traylon Burks at 28 and Christian Watson at 30 do you think there's some parity there where if a team likes one of these guys more I, I think outside Williamson Olave um, outside Garrett Wilson, those are the top three guys. Right. Okay. And I think uh, Burks is right behind him. And then, uh, you know, Christian Watson, he jumped out. He's another guy, small school guy that's jumped in to the first round of the draft. Right. Would he be going there two, uh, uh, three weeks ago? No. No. No, he no. wouldn't. Sky Moore is another guy. From Western Michigan. Yeah, I've seen a lot of hype about him. the next Tariq Hill. Yeah. He's supposed to be the next Tariq Hill. But you don't see he him. Could be, he could go in the first round. We don't know. We we don't know. Uh, next up with the 31st pick is Cincinnati. Now, Cincinnati was obviously in the Super Bowl last year, and through free agency, they made a lot of the moves they needed to really complete their team and sure it up a little bit more. Where? How do you think they pick here? I think they go with the center. Tyler Linderbaum from Iowa. You just like it. I, I just think, listen, guys with no necks, save your ass. And that's <laughs> what this guy will do for Joe Burrow. I, I mean, all they're doing is adding pieces. At this point, their weak spot was offensive line. And they got three they new signed ones. Two brand new guys. Three. Veterans to their to yeah. their roster. Right. Guys that have been around and have played it and had success. And yes. And now you're going to bring a level. kid in right. to feed off of that. It's just going to make him even better. I think so, and, too. And it will make that line so good that everybody who was surprised by Cincinnati doing what they did last year won't be surprised this time. Right. They're not going to catch anybody sleeping this time. No. They're that good. Yeah, no. So with as many times Bro got sacked in the playoffs last yeah, year. Yeah, they had to do you something. Can, again, you can't have And I I don't think you can ever have it's like corner and defensive end. You can never have enough linemen. Right. Period. Right. And to finish it off. Thank God. Number 32. Our own Detroit Lions select. Vontez Perfect, linebacker, <laughs> Arizona State. No, I'm just kidding. Nicobe Dean, linebacker, <laughs> Georgia. What do you like about him? I, I like Dean. Dean reminds me of Jonathan Vilma. Now, I don't know if you guys remember the the good New Orleans Saint teams that won a Super Bowl and that dominating defense they had that absolutely destroyed Brett Favre and the Minnesota Vikings, and then they went on to win a Super Bowl. I believe they beat – who did they beat? The Colts? Yeah. Or was it the Bears? 
Who? No, it was uh, the Colts. They beat the Colts with Peyton Manning. They they were they were that good. That defense was that good. And Jonathan Vilma, one of my favorite linebackers of all time, doesn't get to play because he played in New Orleans. So that's who he reminds me of. Top-tier inside linebacker that can stuff the run, that makes all your defensive calls. This is the guy you need. He's a ball hawk. He's always around the ball. Watch some tape on him at Georgia, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. He's the guy that makes the defense go. And, of course, that's your – That's not That's, that's your – I'm sorry? That's probably not going to happen. I, he could go further up. New England, New England. B- Bill Belichick might not pass him up because he needs a signal caller on his defense. He might not pass him up. Absolutely. And uh, that wraps up. I, I would saying. love to see him go to Kobe Dean. I've been saying that from day one. I would love to him for, for him to be a Lion. I just don't think he's going to be there at 32. And if he's not there at 32, you got to go with the next best player. I, I, I mean, I don't know what you could do. Maybe Chad Muma from Wyoming, linebacker. Maybe Christian Harris from Alabama, linebacker from Alabama. He's good. Uh, Detroit needs to go defense. I wouldn't even think about a quarterback. I wouldn't even think about a, a, you know, maybe a wide receiver at 34 if you want. George Pickens, the wide receiver from from Georgia, fits that spot. Uh, Big, rangy, outside guy. That's something they don't have. But I, I just I, – I don't, I don't see them not going defense. You have to go defense. I wouldn't hate Lewis Sin. The, the you safety, love him. The safety from Georgia, who the last six games of the year was outstanding. He was outstanding against Michigan and outstanding the last uh, six games of the year. Outstanding against Alabama. He made all the tackles against Alabama in their in – the, Championship game. Right. He was making all the plays in their secondary. So they would took him at 32. I wouldn't hate that. Well, that wraps up mock draft 2.0. There's a lot of edge rushers too left in this draft. Detroit oh, yeah. could go another edge rusher too. I wouldn't hate that. Well, I wouldn't hate that at all. I think it'll be interesting to see. And again, there's so much parity in this draft that yeah, that, it's heavy on on receiver. Mm-hmm. It's heavy on offensive linemen, but I think outside the first, when you get down past these linemen that I've just talked about, it's not you're not elite, you're not going elite player. You're going solid players that could add to your team. But I think edge rusher and receiver, there's enough of these guys in here where you can go in three rounds, three and four, and get a very good guy in this draft. Um. Some news and notes to finish off today's episode. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers just made a free agent acquisition, and they have signed safety Keanu Neal. <laughs> okay. Safety slash linebacker Keanu there you go. Neal. Well, here's the thing. They weren't happy with what they had, correct? Well, obviously not. Whitehead, is he gone? Gone. He's gone. They weren't happy. He wasn't... Uh, he wasn't the answer on their defense. The back end suffered. The front end's very good there. The back end suffering. Right. And uh, that that could tell you exactly why they went with Neil. They want to be physical in the secondary. Uh, they want they want a guy who can tackle because they were awful. 
in the secondary tackling last year. Uh, and also, uh, out of Tyron Matthews' camp, currently the Philadelphia— I'm surprised, I'm surprised he ain't a Buccaneer yet. Well, he said that he is not in a hurry to sign anywhere today. But okay. currently, uh, it looks like the front runner is the Philadelphia Eagles. My God, you're kidding me. You're yeah. absolutely kidding me right now. Yep. He signs with the Eagles, dude, Darius Slay, and him. My God. Uh, and that front seven that they're going to have. Huh? So that's electric as fuck. I know. In some other I, I'm, I'm going to become an Eagles fan real fast here. Oh, yeah, that defense could be just epic. Yeah, they could be off the incredible. chain. The Steelers are close to re-signing star safety Minka Fitzpatrick to a deal that will likely make him the highest paid safety in the NFL. They better. He's going to be making a lot of tackles this year because their offense is going to be absolutely fucking putrid. Uh, also, the Seahawks are fielding calls for receiver DK Metcalf, and reportedly the Jets I, offered I them. I heard they already turned it down. The Jets offered them the 10th overall pick for him, Correct. and they turned it down. So they want more than the 10th overall pick for him. I, I, I'm going to say this. I think the 10th pick of the draft is more than fair for Metcalf. I think that's he, a good Here's pick. the thing. I think that's a good trade. Metcalf. I, I, he's he's nice. He's got the Calvin Johnson size. He's fast. I'm not saying he's not as fast as Calvin Johnson was coming out. I don't think anybody's bad. He's got his size. But here's the thing about Metcalf, and, and, and I'm going to say this. I've seen it happen in Pittsburgh. Is he the guy? I think so. Who, who's the guy in Seattle? Well, the rece- Who is the receiver in Seattle, the number one guy. I think for a very, very, very long time it was Tyler, Tyler Lockett, Lockett. But I think it's Metcalf's rodeo Here's now. The thing. I think this year he I, will I don't establish think, that for without. I, I'm going to tell you the truth, dude. I really think Lockett still to this day has so much covered rolled toward his side is the reason why you see their production from Metcalf. That's the reason of that. And, and I'm not saying that Metcalf is Schuster by any means. He's head and shoulders Above better Juju, yeah. than Schuster. But the problem is when you become the guy, this guy's kind of a head case. And I seen him lose his cool in a couple of games last year, and he was unable to, to pull it back in and be productive afterwards. Right. That scares me about him. That's a maturity thing. That scares me. Uh, in some other Seahawks news, uh, there are rumors circulating around the league that Desmond Ritter is a name that is buzzing for a top 20 pick, and the Seahawks are visiting with him today. I think that's excellent. It's either him or Malik Willis. Roll your dice and take the chance. That's all I can say. I, I mean, it is what it is. And uh, like I said, you know, I thought you were going to announce that Pete Carroll was retiring. I was pretty excited because when he does, I'm going to throw a party. Well, ESPN draft analyst Matt Miller said, don't be shocked to see him go in the top 20. Well, here's the thing. you got to see what they're going to do. I mean, I don't know if the Colin Kaepernick thing is a smokescreen. I, I don't know if that's a smokescreen or not. Do you really think that they're serious about signing him? Lockett is still under contract with Seattle. Yeah. Him and his brother have been working out with Kaepernick. They did a little pro day at Michigan, too. I don't, think, I don't think Kaepernick's going to end too. up on an NFL he's be a backup. You, you I don't, don't think he's going to end up. Well, yeah, he's not going to be a backup. This happens, that's, 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 this happens every single year for the past five years. 
Somebody works him out. He gets some publicity, and then he, nobody ends up signing him. The Buffalo Bills have signed Stephon Diggs to a four-year, $104 million extension that includes $70 million guaranteed, making him one of the top three highest-paid receivers in football. You, you know what he reminds me of right now? He reminds me of Deion Sanders at the end of his career who was jumping from team to team and winning Super Bowls. And I'm, I'm serious, dude. Yeah, I think that, that's what he reminds me. Yeah. Deion Sanders is the same thing. Went to the 49ers, won a Super Bowl. Then all of a sudden he goes to the Cowboys, wins a Super Bowl. You know, it, it just he went to the Ravens. They didn't win it. That, they won it the year after he retired. But it, it was like he was gunning himself for championships. And I see this guy doing the same thing. Real quick, we're going to answer uh, the question that's been on everybody's mind today. Okay. What did you eat for dinner last night? We already said this. No, that was yesterday's episode. That was yesterday's episode. What did I have last night? Yeah, what was last night's dinner? I had leftovers. Leftovers. I had a couple of egg rolls and some uh, rice. So you doubled down on the Chinese two nights in a row. I doubled down on the Chinese food. Wow. That's impressive. Bruce? Some two chicken breasts. And? What are those uh, small... uh, They look like broccoli, but bald. They're They're like circles. They look like broccoli. What the what fuck? The fuck are you talking? Brussels sprouts? You mean cabbages? They look like little cabbages. It might be Brussels sprouts. Yeah, you don't know what the you're fuck a fucking Brussels, Brussels sprout. No, dude, it's on my plate and I eat it. What do you want from uh, me? You don't know what a fucking Brussels the little version of cauliflower broccoli. Yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Brussels, Brussels sprouts, sprouts. motherfucker. I love Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Stop smoking dough. They're so good. What the hell is Especially wrong with you? you put some seasoning on them. Mm. Yeah. Uh, mm, some yeah. vinaigrette. Mm. Bruce, mm. Seasoning Bruce on please, for the love of God, tell me you knew what a Brussels sprout was. Yeah, I did. I just forgot the name. Oh, God. Oh, did he? What was that, brain fart? This is the- yeah. uh, this You had the plenty perf- today. Yeah. So. This is the perfect place to end the episode and put in a message from our sponsor, Joe Randazzo's Fruit and Vegetable. Since 1953, Metro Detroiters have trusted one name for all their produce needs. Joe Randazzo's Fruit and Vegetable prides itself on providing the freshest and highest quality produce at the absolute lowest prices. There are four locations in Detroit, Dearborn Heights, Westland, and Roseville have a wide variety of ethnic produce from all around the world. One of the few remaining produce-centric markets left in the country, I can assure you your time shopping at Joe Randazzo's with its open-air and old-world market feel will be nothing but an enjoyable one. Coming off of a fresh remodel, cleanliness and safety are priority one, with quality, low prices, and customer satisfaction being a very close second. Come see why for the last six decades, many have tried to imitate, but no one can duplicate. Joe Randazzo's Fruit and Vegetable, serving Detroiters the freshest fruits and vegetables since 1953. Thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, We will be back again next week. Uh, I have no idea what we're going to talk about yet, so I guess it'll be a surprise for all of us. If you haven't yet, follow us on our socials, Instagram and Twitter at TipBalls, TikTok at TipBallsPodcast. Make sure check out TippedBalls.com for updates on our blogs, merch, and a possible upcoming draft party if you're in the local Detroit area. Tune in again next week. You'll hear from us then. Am I perfect? Oh, 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 oh,